course, like every other teenage kid, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. When I was 16 years old, I took off and drove across the country to Wyoming, went into the Wind River Range and discovered mountains. In 1973, Yvonne Chouinard founded Patagonia. I never wanted to be a businessman. All I wanted to do was do my craft and climb mountains. So then I had to figure out a way to where I was going to be a businessman, but I was going to do it completely on my own terms. Build the best product, cause no unnecessary harm, inspire and implement solutions to the environmental crisis. Join us at Patagonia.com. Welcome to the Dirtbag Diaries, a duct tapes and beer production. With additional support from New Belgium Brewing, Kuat Racks, and Chaco. Committed. It's a word we use to describe people we know, our friends, even ourselves. Committed to a sport, a ski line, an ethic, a lifestyle. I used to see a guy running in our neighborhood at 11 o'clock at night. I think, man, that guy, I couldn't do that. Though that guy might say the same thing when he'd see me loading my skis into a truck at 5 a.m. to go skiing before work. We were both sacrificing some element of normal and committing to a larger goal that drove us. For me, it was that intangible combination of time shared with friends, laughter, powder, and endorphins from exertion. That's what I love. That's what I've committed to. It can be relatively easy to commit to those daily or short-term goals. But carving out time to achieve a bigger dream, something that might take weeks or months or even years, it can feel really hard to make that first step, to even know what that first step is. When I started out writing, I was never sure where the next paycheck would come from, and it was hard to imagine where I'd be in six months, never mind a year. But by committing to my dream in the shorter term, story by story, things, they they would feel clearer. Pretty soon, months became years, and years, well... I feel like I start to think in decades. Even as my goals have changed and my perspective has lengthened, I still really look at that one-year horizon. But sometimes, the very goal we set for ourselves can define the duration of our commitment. You know, when I left my country, never I, I thought that I, I would take all this time to go around the world. No? Uh, the first idea was to, to cycle the world in two years and a half. This is what I have told to my family and to my sponsors at the time when I left my country. This is Pablo Garcia. Pablo left Argentina 12 years ago to pedal a bike around the world, and he's still going. Today, contributing writer Dean Campbell brings you the story of how one man's goal became life itself. I'm Fitzgahal, and you're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. When Pablo Garcia arrives in the marketplace, his bike is fully loaded with nearly 80 kilos of gear. There's a cluster of whips that extends from the rear rack of his bike, and it's covered in nearly 80 flags, one for every country he's pedaled through. They flap in the wind, and the colors flash together. Some are so worn, they look like little more than brown strips of cloth. 
Among his gear, Pablo carries a banner that he uses to attract attention as he's working to fund his travels. The banner is printed with a photo of him on the road with his bike and a map of his trip. The line around the world has been extended by hand, tracing a route through Europe and Asia that goes in dizzying loops. It's not a line of efficiency, but one of exploration. He spends his weekends working this way. He goes into the city and sells DVDs of a documentary about his travels. When his supplies run low, his sister ships more from Spain. He also sells little button-sized fabric dolls on safety pins for $5. A friend in South America resupplies him. To watch him work a crowd is to see an expert in action. Women are drawn to him. He's fit and Latin and the embodiment of adventure. In a word, exotic. Men invariably wish they were him, living the free and easy life they imagine that the road has to offer. Crowds quickly gather around him, and he keeps them in rapt attention. I imagine this scene has been repeated every weekend for the last few years in open markets all over the world. In 1999, Pablo worked as a partner in a successful tour agency in Brazil. He lived a life that was supposed to feel rewarding, but he couldn't shake the feeling that something was missing. When he left his home in Argentina, Brazil was supposed to be the first stop on a trip, the beginning of a life of travel. But instead of continuing to have new adventures, Pablo found himself repeating the same excursions over and over, but with different groups of tourists. I had everything. I was living in a seven-floor apartment in front of the sea. I had two cars, my two licenses, with, which had a boat, you know, a big boat for 30 people. We had a bus for 50 people and a van also. So we have a lot of transport and business were going very well. But on the end of the day, I fell empty. I think, come on, man, I am at that time 25 years old. And I am not happy with, with this, what I am doing. And I felt that if I didn't leave the country at that time, never I would do it because each time I had more responsibilities, obligations, no? and I felt young to settle down in a city. A friend gave Pablo a used bike. It wasn't a very good one, but it was enough to get him home to Argentina. He spent the next two years planning and gathering sponsorships from Argentinian companies. Pablo wanted to travel the world by bicycle. I don't feel that I am a, a, a cyclist. Just I feel that I am a, a traveler who used the bike to, to come through my dream. And I believe that with the bicycle, I can go deeper everywhere. No? And people, most of the time, welcome me in a nice way because I am going by bicycle. With funding and a loose plan, Pablo flew to Cape Town, South Africa, to begin what he thought would be a two-year trip around the world. Almost immediately, his plans started to change. And I just had planned uh, to cycle from Cape Town to Egypt in seven months. But three months later that I left Argentina, it was economic crisis in Argentina in 2001, what made me to, to lose my sponsors. So, With no funding and non-existent employment prospects at home, Pablo kept pedaling and contacting new sponsors as he traveled through Africa. So sometimes I arrived in a city and I stayed three or four weeks just to contact companies 
and then I contacted media and I I made some advertisement for that sponsors, and all this took me much more time than what what I expect. You know, I I have been in Africa 27 months. Things had still not improved in Argentina, and Pablo still dreamt of seeing the world. So he just kept going. Eventually, he gave up on finding sponsors and started selling his dolls and DVDs instead. As the trip unwound in front of Pablo, it, it changed from a diversion from life to life itself. When I say at that time, I, well, I am talking about 2004. Yes, in three, four years, I will finish my trip around the world. And just always I, I plan, yeah, two, two, three years more, two, three years more. I met Pablo in the summer of 2013. He got in touch with me through a website called warmshowers.org, like couchsurfing.org, but for cycle tourists. I read through his profile and thought, here was a guy I really had to meet. At that time, Pablo had been on the road for 12 years. Since he left home, he'd flown to Argentina and Europe a few times to see family and friends, but he'd always returned to where he'd left off, wanting to finish his round-the-world trip. I offered to host him while he was in Toronto. He'd already lined up a place to stay, but still needed a ride from the airport. Pablo wasn't hard to pick out. I found him outside the baggage claim pushing a cart with a bike box laid flat at the bottom. On top was a large rubberized duffel bag, and on top of that, another large sack full of panniers. We barely fit everything in my car. As we flicked along the highway... He asked what he should see in the city and if I knew where he could have special repairs done to the racks on his bike. He needed a welder, and I knew a guy. Conversation flows easily with Pablo, and we quickly found ourselves in more philosophical territory. Most of the people, they they don't realize this, but uh, the simple things are the nice. When you live with very few things, there are a lot of things that make you happy. And this is my case. Sometimes, you know, I, I am in friend's house and just I enjoy to sit in a couch, you know. Do you, do you know how nice it is, is to sit? When I arrived in Mongolia, coming from Inner Mongolia, China, I crossed the border and it was my birthday. And that day, my present was to go to a hotel, you know, to have a warm shower. That was my, my present that, that I made to myself, you know. Memories and experiences whirl around in Pablo's heart and mind. He's perpetually curious. He's always asking questions of every kind. The bike has kept him lean and wiry, vibrant and full of life. But the trip has also cost him. Well, it was rather crazy that I I met this girl in Italy, in the street. After two, three days, we were talking about to go to live together, no? The next leg of his trip was cut short when Pablo was unable to get a visa into Libya. Winter was settling in and the thought of returning to Europe to cycle in the snow held very little appeal. After some encouragement from Clara, he returned to Italy to spend time with her. We, we keep thinking to, to go together 
And we did it after a few months. She bought a bike and she came with me to Middle East, no? And yes, we traveled together per year through Turkey, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Israel, Egypt, Cyprus. And I say, poor girl, no? Like my father said, because I think that I carry her to one of the worst places of the world to go by bicycle, no? And then she came back when I was in India, other terrible place to go with a girl by bicycle. Both the Middle East and India had felt crowded, hectic, overwhelming to Clara. More like a slog than a trip of adventure and romance that she'd envisioned. The last part of the trip in, in India, we didn't cycle too much. She didn't want to do it, so we took some transport. You go by transport, you miss the road. And if you miss the road, you don't see really the country. I understood that if I wanted to complete my trip around the world, I, I should go alone. And she understood also. Uh, you know, most of the time, you live like a gypsy. You have to face up the cold weather, hot weather, snow, rain. Uh, sometimes you don't eat well. And after this, you have to cycle. So she thought that she's not... This is not more the life that she wants to do. You can't have everything in the life. And this, uh, this affects the love that you can find on the road. You can be, you know, attached to it. Otherwise, you miss your target. I am, sometimes I feel that not... Not that I haven't spent my life on a bike, but I feel that, yes, my life is passing. And it's nice, it's okay, I have seen the world, but no, I have other projects, so I want to focus on the end of the trip. I want to finish, I really was wish to finish. I did end up hosting Pablo for a few days of his time in Toronto. As he prepared to leave town, I watched him pack his bike, the third one of his trip. His helmet mostly serves as a basket on his handlebars. Loose bungee cords loop around the armrests on his aero bars. A small wooden stool he picked up in Africa dangles from the rear rack on his bike. The wood is cracked and dry for more than a decade on the road. Large panniers hang from both front and rear racks. As we stood at the curb on that morning, Pablo offered his bike to me. It didn't look that hard to ride, so I carefully leaned the bike away and kicked my leg over the top tube. Cautiously, I let go of the brakes and began rolling down the slight grade in front of my building. Immediately, the bike went into a speed wobble, despite the fact I was only moving at a walking pace. I imagined some unnoticed crack in the frame was about to let go and bury me in more than my own weight of gear. But it held together. I pulled on the brakes and finally stopped the bike. We agreed we should ride our own bikes to the edge of town. Outside the city, I tried Pablo's bike again. I tried a lighter touch on the handlebars and aimed to stay a little more relaxed. We rode for another 20-25 minutes and I finally settled into his bike. I wasn't ready for any big hills, up or down. But 
I had a sense of what it must be like to ride around the world, deliberately and with patience. We switched back to our own bikes, and I rode just a little bit further. We parted company, and as he rode away, his bike and he sort of melded together. They looked like they moved slowly and easily, but quickly, they faded into the horizon. I believe that people can change in just one day. Catch the midnight train to learn that they need to stay. It's hard to find importance in each word that they say. Sometimes it takes a page or more, and that's okay. I've got my stories leading me to who I am. I know you've got your stories leading you to where you stand. You can follow Pablo as he bikes through Central America and beyond at theworldbybike.com. Many thanks to Dean Campbell. When he's not writing about biking, he's out riding his own near Toronto. We're continually grateful to our friends who let us use their music, Ken Christensen, Bradley Carter, and Publish the Quest. And we're looking forward to listening to Publish the Quest's new album coming very soon. Additional music by Matadors, courtesy of Mevio's Music Alley. Support for the Diaries comes from you. Whether it's a pledge contribution, a story idea, a t-shirt order, or an email of thanks, you keep the Diaries thriving. If you want to help, you can find all those necessary links at dirtbagdiaries.com. The Diaries would not be possible without the good people at Patagonia. They've done something incredible. They've created this amazing film called Damnation. It's become a reality. It's awesome. It's funny, thoughtful, and full of interesting people. You can pre-order it right now on Vimeo for release on June 6th or find a local screening in your area. Visit Patagonia.com to watch the trailer and sign a petition to crack down on deadbeat dams. The sandal season is right around the corner. Visit Chacos.com to create your own custom sandals and celebrate their 25th anniversary by entering their Heritage Photo Contest. Thanks, Chacos. Additional support comes from New Belgium Brewing, who encourages you to follow your folly. And from Kuat Racks, the little company that believe they can make a better bike rack with their fellow riders in mind. See their lineup of roof racks, hitch racks, and gear baskets at kuatracks.com. This episode of The Diaries was produced by Becca Cahal, Jen Ultzel, and me, Fitz Cahal. It was written by Dean Campbell. As always, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in.